those days. And then they read the scriptures for a quarter of a day. You still with me? You look like you're on the right. I didn't. And then they worshipped and went on confessing for another quarter of the day. I would suggest God was moving very powerfully in their midst because that stuff doesn't happen unless the Lord comes and awakens our hearts. Yes? You have to respond to me. I'm really like, I, 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 like, okay, this is like a mini revival. Thank you, really? And then guess what? The Levites who are somehow crammed up the stairs, whatever happens, they get it and they're shouting with loud voices. I mean, we don't do that, do we? No, it's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? You don't shout in a loud voice. <gasps> you may be thought to be odd. Let's just keep it quiet. But this is a mini revival and an awakening. All sorts of things happening in our hearts that don't happen outside of that. And so as that's going on, these Levites, whose names you read out so well, they can hardly contain themselves and they kind of leap up and they say to everybody, stand up, praise the Lord. I just got to, I'm just acting it out in case, okay? Something is stirring in their hearts of an awakening about who they really are and who God really is. Yes? I know it's cold, but stay with me, okay? So as that happens, then the most beautiful prayer of remembrance starts to break out. Probably one of the most beautiful in all scripture. And I, I won't go through it because we went through it. But this is what happens. They start remembering the most important thing in the whole of their lives. They remember the big narrative of what God has done through the ages. Oh God, you're the creator. You're the sustainer. Do you remember? We remember, God, how you called Abraham, how you called him out. And they unfold my voice too loud. I'm just getting excited. They unfold this narrative, okay? And Lord, you remember, we remember how you took your people to Egypt and they were in slavery and then you came and delivered them and you took them through out the Red Sea and then you led them through the... Is this boring? You led them through the desert and you took them with a pillar of fire and a cloud and do you think they're just going, oh, this is... Or do you think there's a deep well of excitement as they remember the incredible way the God of heaven has unfolded a narrative and now they're caught up with that narrative? And, he, and it goes on and on, doesn't it? You know, the, 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 the Mount Sinai and the law and then they rebelled and they had a calf. And what's going on? Why is this prayer of remembrance so important in an awakening of hearts to God? Why is it so important? And uh, Tim, Tim's put in the little title there, Remember is Again Be Mindful Of. Again, 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 again. Why? Why, why, why is that so important in the journey of faith in Jesus? Why is remember such a big deal but I think it's over 257 times it's mentioned throughout the scriptures. Remember, remember, again, be mindful of that which is most important if you want to make a journey of true faith in Jesus. Remember, remember. And uh, here they are recalling, and you know how many times in scripture they remember what God did. 
as though it's part of an awakening that we all need is to be reminded of what the most important narrative is against all the other narratives that want to plague your journey. Uh, years ago, I was li looking at the book of Deuteronomy, which, you know, kind of a chunky book, isn't it? And uh, I, this is a long, long time ago, and I, w I was listening to people's comment commentaries about it, and, you know, they're saying, this is a book of remembering, the book of Deuteronomy, fifth book of the Bible, a book of remembering. And uh, I'm reading it and saying, I think even there is something like some of you, 20 times it uses the word remember, remember. And I'm reading, and I heard someone say this, and it's stuck in my heart 40 years ago to this day. This is what they said. I don't know what it was about it, but it helped my journey. Listen, to remember is to love. To forget is to lose. Think about it. To remember is to love. To forget is to lose. So remembering, that's what we're doing this morning for a moment, just staying on this. Again, be mindful of. Why, why is that such a big deal? I want to suggest to you, and Tim was speaking last week about resist. Whose voice do you listen to? Yeah? And we're here today, can I suggest, above all else, isn't to get cold or warm or see how the coffee is or, you know, whatever. We're here to remember Jesus Christ who rose again from the dead. That's what we, we're, we're going to remember, aren't we? What do you mean? Like, I forgot it? No, because there's a battle in the journey of faith over the enemy's desire to distract you with every possible other narrative than the narrative of why you're on the earth and who he is to you. Yeah? Yeah? And so here in Nehemiah 9, what's happening is an awakening. Oh, my goodness. Like, how many of you put dust on your hair recently and, you know, fasted and ripped your clothes? Well, that, that was the Old Testament way of saying, oh, God, we forgot what this was all about. And you've showed up to remind us of why we're even here and what you did. And so this thing of remember is so big in the scripture. Uh, let, let me... Are you okay if we just try and say, well, what, again, be mindful of what here? Um, perhaps I could just throw out some headlines of what I think is helpful in my journey of, of what I need to remember. Is that okay? Because so, if this doesn't affect you tomorrow, it's just another sermon, you know, whatever, isn't it? You know? It doesn't help my daily life. It's just like information. So can I just suggest some things that, for me, are really important in trying to maintain a fiery love for Jesus and a faith that grows stronger from week to week. Don't you want that? Just nod at that point because it's what you do. Like, yes, I do. I do. I'll say it again because I'm not there, but I want a fiery love for Jesus and an ever-increasing faith that dares to trust him in the worst of times. And remembering isn't like... Oh, I've got to remember the lesson I learned last week. Remembering is profound in God's way of keeping our hearts alive to him. So, here's, here's, I think I've got five. Do you think I should look at my notes in case you actually, Tim said I was talking about something else this morning and I panicked. <laughs> what was it you said to me? So, you're talking on this this morning, returning, and I thought, 
No, I'm not really talking about returning, but I thought, I'll switch. Okay, but I, this, this is, he's fun, Tim is. He's kind of got this irrepressible fun that makes me nervous. Um, so, so here's five things. I'll be quick, so fear not. But I've tried to think, what is it that helps me? Well, here's the first one. This sounds kind of, you know, what you say in a Christian church. Here's what it is. Remember the goodness of God and be thankful. Remember the goodness of God and be thankful. Uh, real quick, why is that so important? When everything's going swimmingly well, how many of you know we can praise and leap about and say, you're so good, you're so good, but it's when there's real toughness on and somebody in the room right now will be in some real tough seas. I cannot afford to sing songs that don't relate to the reality of my heart. You are good, you are good, and ah, great song. No, I want it to impinge on the difficult times so I still remember he is good even though things seem really bad. Does that make sense? Come on, we, we've got to be kind of real, haven't we? Sometimes things are so bad. How can you be a good father if this is happening? I cannot afford to change my confession about his goodness just because bad things are happening. And this is serious, isn't it? And I mean, this is not... Can I just say the journey of faith involves incredible trials that we must be honest about, but I cannot afford to change my confession. You're a good, good father. And I will not change that confession. Uh, Psalm 133. We, I haven't given you many scriptures. I didn't give many warning. Psalm 133. Yeah. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and everything within me. Praise his holy name. Why? Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Yeah. What did I say? 103. Poor Jonathan. He hasn't even had any warning at all, but he's, he's really moving fast. So there you go. Look at that. But you see, forget not is not a kind of like, hey, if, if, if you, you know, try not. No, it's a command. Don't forget something about him that's so unchangeable that although tough things happen, somehow you can still bow your knee and say, God, I will not change my confession that you're a good, good father. I was talking to someone about a week ago who I've got to know recently, a young man. Real quick, it's a, it's a sort of incredible story. I, I was just in tears. And he, uh, when they, he was married to this lady. And in the early part of their marriage, um, it's a long story, she contracted cancer. And they fought and fought and fought and fought until she came to the end of her life. And as she came to the end of her life, she threw her head back and began to sing in Hebrew, I love you, I praise you, I worship you, as she wept. And he was saying to me, sorry, he was saying to me, Paul, watching how she went broke my heart that I could not do anything but kneel and worship him. Because I knew he was there with his goodness. And I thought, man alive, I grumble when, you know, it's cold. Do you understand? And here's this person, a young man. I can tell you he's in town, he's in this city. He worshipped as he lost his wife. I call that the ultimate confession of his goodness. I can't, I'm not there, I'm not saying that, but do you understand? 
Second one, um, I can't remember it. <laughs> oh, this is good. Okay, remember the power of the cross for you. Oh, my goodness. There's some real idiots messing around with the Christian faith at the moment, aren't there? Like, get a life. What are you doing? Sorry, that was a quick rant. Remember the power of the cross for you. Why am I saying that? Because the cross is the centerpiece of why we trust Jesus. It's the centerpiece of why we live with the benefits. Forget not. And so as soon as you mess around with the wonder that Jesus gave his life on the cross and was raised from the dead, you unravel everything to do with why you're on the earth. True? So what do we do? We take the bread and the wine, don't we? Whatever you call it, communion or bread and breaking bread, whatever you call it, we take the bread and wine and it says in 1 Corinthians 11, what does it say? Do this, what? In what? In remembrance of me. Not like, you know, You've forgotten me. Don't forget to, you know, just kind of keep, no, this is a profound meal where my whole heart is somehow reset on an absolute love for him above all else with the bread and the wine. And what I'm doing, and I think what the Bible makes it clear, is when we take the bread and wine as an example, we're looking back to the cross, which is behind me, with all its benefits shining into my life. I'm looking at Jesus now who's presence is real and I'm also maintaining my hope that he's coming back yeah is this theologically okay yeah back to the cross his presence now I am your shepherd Paul you won't be in want and his soon coming return can I suggest to you once you lose the awareness of his return you lose the whole perspective of why you give your lives while you're on the earth to him. But the, it, the perspective of the cross, remember, remember. So Sue and I, we try, we, we said it last night, didn't we? We try to take the bread and wine most nights together. Why? Because it kind of resets us to Jesus at the center of our hearts and lives and allows him to restore any rain in us that I've drifted away from. The bread and wine are a remembering about the whole way he's given his life for us. We should do it more often, maybe. Maybe. They did in Acts 2. They broke bread and took meals with sincerity of heart, all that stuff, remember? Why is God, because God knows and loves us enough that he wants us to almost have memory stones available where we quickly gather and say, oh Jesus, I've drifted away. I want to you know, restore my heart to you. Uh, what, which number was that? Okay, crumbs. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> okay, this is, this is another one. I hope these are helpful. Remember his abiding presence as often as you can. 
remember his abiding presence as often. Listen, I know I'm jumping off Nehemiah 9, and I appreciate you. What's that about? Actually, I think it's a real profound pointer in Nehemiah as to how we're to live alive in his presence and remember his abiding presence as much as you can. Okay, here's the deal. How many ever feel Jesus isn't there with you? Would you put your hand up if you ever feel that, please? Obviously, if I put my hand up, you'll put your hands up. Like, what is that about? <laughs> no, it's just simply, well, I don't know, really. If he's the true vine, and I'm absolutely glued to him as a branch, the truth is he never leaves me, and I, as much as I can, want to maintain my glued-inness with him. Did that make, that was sounded really fumbly, but you understand. In other words, <clears throat> okay, here's what I do. Every day I can, including today, I practice through the day turning my attention to him however swiftly in the midst of busyness I turn my heart and I whisper something like Jesus. Just makes to say his name, Jesus. What am I doing? I'm remembering he's the true vine to me, and apart from him, I can't do anything. I practice it because I blooming well know how distracted and all over the place I can get, and then I drift away from the awareness that apart from him, I can't do anything, and I'm sort of over here. Do any of you feel like happens to you? Like, you know, the day just takes over this swirl, and suddenly I haven't talked to him for three hours. Is that a religious duty? No, it's the very lifeblood of why I'm alive, isn't it? And he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never let go. I will never leave you. But I leave him. Okay, honestly. Okay, I think I can handle this. Thank you very much. But I've learned over the years to practice every day. Um, oh, should we turn to a psalm? So you know this is in the word. This is Psalm 119. Let's go. It's one of the best psalms out, and it's so long, you rarely read it. Psalm 119. Are you okay? I'm watching the clock. Fear not. Okay. I'm also watching the children bounce around through the windows up there. That's really scary. Okay. Psalm 119. <laughs> Just a quick odd verse. Verse 55 is a long psalm, isn't it? It's not the one you read before you go to bed at night time, is it? Otherwise, you'll fall asleep before you get to verse 10. All right, verse 55. Could somebody read it out really loudly, please? Carol, that's so good. You're good at that. In the night, Lord. In the night. How many of you go, oh, I just want to go to sleep. I don't want to. In the night. In the night, when you might not, as well as the day, I remember your name. I want to encourage you. Uh, David says in Psalm 16, something like this. He says, I set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. How many of you know Jesus is right inside you and with you right now for the rest of this day? And all he wants is a love relationship where you often, like the breaking of bread, in a mini way say, Jesus, I will whisper it all over the place. Jesus, I love you. I need you. Jesus, I'm just keeping connect with you. 
I want you to be king. I whisper little things like that through the day. What am I doing? I'm trying to keep myself glued into the true vine and remember Jesus Christ. You look like you've got that one down already. By the way, you are his friend after all, aren't you? How many of you are Jesus' friend here? Would you put your hand up if you're his? I forgive me saying put your hand up. Would you do it? If you're his friend, put your hand up. Half hand, I think I might be. No, no. The Bible says you are. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just encouraging you. This is meant to be a friendship walk, not a religious duty. Okay. Do you want two more? You have no choice, so here they are. Ready? This is really big. Remember the way he's led you. Remember the way he's led you. What time are you finishing? Remember the way he's led you. Okay. How many of you have known Jesus for over a year here? Could you wave at me? Because the hands up stuff, but you know, it'll be okay. Remember the way he's led you. Um, remember again, be mindful of. The narrative of how he's led you in your life is stashed with encounters with his goodness. It is. If you don't remember it, you're grumbling, or I can grumble about the challenges I'm now in the middle of, the impossibility, the squeeze, it's not fair. Why are you not showing up, God? I can do a whole bunch of reactions but remembering how he's led me is a key to the encouragement to keep going in the present challenge. So, so that's why the Bible is full of these kind of like huge, oh God, we remember how you led us here. You did this. You took us through the Red Sea. You done. Oh, by the way, you see, when, when they cross the River Jordan, am I jumping the stories? Remember the, okay, they get to the River Jordan to cross into the promised land. Do you remember the priest stood in the middle of the Jordan and it was stashed up either side? These are real miracles, guys, aren't they? They're not kind of fables to keep children happy for half an hour while the adults yawn with scripture. It, it really isn't that, okay? These are real events that happened on earth. The water stood up in a heap either side in the Jordan. The priest went in the middle on dry ground. How many of you have seen that happen in your life? And as they're standing there, the people are crossing over. But what did... Joshua say also had to happen. What did they have to carry over? Yes, come on. Say it again. Say it again. You got it. Yeah. Stones. For, he said, now pick up 12 stones from the bed of the river, the dry. Here's the water. Picture it. Pick up 12 stones and one for each tribe and carry them on your shoulder as you go across, and when you get across, what were they going to do with the stones? Do you remember? Make a pile. Why? Make a pile to remind them of the astonishing work God to deliver them and carry them into their promised land. Make a pile. And it says somewhere in Deuteronomy, no, Joshua, it says something like this. It says, and when your children ask, what's this pile of stones around? Tell them what I did. What are we meant to do? We're meant to live a narrative of faith in our lives. Quieten down. 
so that even other generations catch the flavor of your walk of faith and they're encouraged in their day to carry their baton to the end as well. How many of you know your narrative personally is really significant on earth? And when you remember the way he led you, you kind of put some stones and say, do you remember when we ran out of money and there was absolutely nothing and we didn't know what to do and we even prayed wondering whether it would happen and then God showed up. How many of you got stories like that? Anybody got some stories of impossibilities? Will you again raise your hand just to please me? All right. Okay. The truth is, Every one of us has a journey where he has showed up and we mustn't forget it. Not to, you know, overdo it or be, but we mustn't forget what he's done, but to record it almost. Do you know, in our family, we did a, uh, we did a ridiculous trip to France once. Do you remember it? Trauma and glory all mixed together, wasn't it? Do you remember that? Okay. It was ridiculous because it was outrageous in what we attempted to do with five kids and da 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 and every now and then, all the families, when we're together, we kind of remember those outrageous trips we did, you know. And then they all start talking to kids. Hey, do you remember when we stopped at McDonald's and they had red wine there? I mean, that's part of the journey of our trip that time. And this is in France, okay? Relax. It wasn't dark. And, and it's, like, it's like they're remembering an incredible adventure we had where actually they remember both the troublesome bits, but they also remember the best bits. And there's kind of laughter around the table and... Oh, yeah, and the trees that bent in the storm and so on. Now, that's natural recalling of a family adventure. We as a family should have a great story to tell a world who's desperate to know, is there someone outside of them who can do the same for them? Yeah? Okay, last one. The last one is, oh, yeah, this is good. So what have we had? Remember his goodness. Remember his goodness. Remember the cross and its power for you. The third one was remember his presence in your daily walk. And the fourth one was remember the way he's led you. And the fifth one was remember his word and repent. Ouch. Remember his word and repent. Can I take you to a scripture? Honestly, we're still on time. Oh, were we in Psalm 119, weren't we? Okay, let's look at, um, oh, look at verse 11. This is so cool. Verse 11. Could someone else read it out? John, would you mind reading it out? I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Why? Because sin spoils the relationship he so wants. I could have a rant now, but I won't. But I would like to say this. The creator and lover of my life wrote this from start to finish. He loves me. He wrote it from start to finish. It's all about Jesus from start to finish. It's not about anything else. It's about Jesus. He fills every page. There's a window for me to find more of him and him find more of me from start to finish. I made a decision in my weakness and frailty years ago. I made a decision. Do you know what, Lord? 
I don't know what half of this, but for the rest of my life, I'm going to choose to believe and trust that you wrote this from start to finish. I'm going to live my life trying to come under your word because I realize it gives me such a different life to live. I don't want to spend my life doubting it, pulling it around, questioning it, tearing bits out, or even just leaving it because other spiritual books are more interesting. I made a decision. It was like a chess game. I don't know. I don't know half of what I have. No, I know. I get it. But I've made a decision to surrender my life to your word so that it can have governance of my heart because I recognize it feeds me with riches I never want to miss out on. So I won't spend my life too much inquiry because I want everything you've written. So, if it's okay for me to say it again, I believe you wrote it from start to finish. It's life-giving. It's freed. There's a lot I don't understand. I don't mind talking about that, but honestly, I'm hungry for Jesus to fill my heart. And so I remember never to leave this because it's part of my anchoring of my life to make sure that, you know, I can repent. Repent, you know, repent isn't kind of, oh God, I thought I had to put ashes on my head and that funny preacher said put ashes on your head. No, I don't. Repent is simply, oh my goodness, I've just read that and I've drifted over here. Repentance is, I'm changing the way I am to come into line with how he loves things to be because his ways are right. Does that make sense? And I, I'm going to pray in a minute. I, I don't know how to say this. Please, please, don't so over-examine the Bible that you miss the joy it gives you of an encounter with Jesus because every page is about Jesus. And I know the rage, I know the stuff going on, I know all the questions. All I can say is, I believe he wrote it because he loves me that much. So five things. You got okay? Five things. Remember his goodness. Remember the power of the cross for you. Break bread, take the bread and wine. Remember his beautiful abiding presence by saying, Jesus, as much as you can, not in a rote, but a connection. Remember the way he's led you. sorts of troubles. That's its power. Any of those 